All right. So, Kurt, what are you drinking tonight, sir? You're supposed to say what's in my glass, motherfucker. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> do do do. I liked it when they used to do the strong was. <laughs> I don't know who did that. No, they used to do it like the whatever or the whatever commercials or something like McDonald's. Is like they take the straw like in the uh, cup and go. Speaking right. of irrelevant. Welcome to Ford Dram and Goal. Get a drink. Let's sit back, relax. Let's talk sports. Let's talk whiskey. Let's talk anything else. Except dick. current political events. Yes. We said we weren't going to say the P word, you dick. Couldn't even wait two minutes into the show. All right. So, Kurt, tell us what's in your glass tonight. I've got a good one. I've got Smoke Wagon Uncut Unfiltered. You, uh, you were bragging about it a couple of weeks ago, and then sure enough, the next day I was able to find it on the shelf. This is my second pour. I uh, poured my first glass the day I got it about a week ago. Had my first drink. You know what they say, kind of let it open up. So that's what I'm doing tonight. I'm actually kind of excited. It does have some more. Ooh. Lots of. Man, that's weird. It is different from a week ago. I got a little bit of uh fuck, I can't think of anything right now. We're gonna have to edit that. <laughs> so what I found with Smoke Wagon, while you continue to nose, is that it's very different than pretty much anything else you're gonna find, I would say, within the bourbon category. The kicker with it is I had the neck and I didn't like it. It was interesting, but it wasn't my favorite. Now, it sounds like you're into that second pour, and what we've heard from a lot of other individuals, a lot of the forums, is that it really starts to open up and get a lot more favorable, enjoyable notes, not just on the nose, but also the palate. Dude, I'm getting mint. I can see that. I'm getting mint gum. Mint gum and, like, toothpaste on the nose. Which I've I've gotten you know mint on others before, so I'm not gonna even put anything into that until I get a drink. But yeah, high mint. Yeah, so if I go back to my notes from a few weeks ago, and I think at the look at the nose, I got wood, oak, cinnamon, and then light flowers and what I call like a sweet corn flavor I to it. I get the floral notes, and I can see kind of cinnamon, but. Yeah, floral notes and mint high on the uh, the nose for me. Mint's an interesting one. It's rare that you pick that up, or at least for me to pick that up. I'm gonna sip on it for a while, and I'll get back to you on the taste. All right. What do you got in your glass tonight, Dick? So I'm doing a bottle kill. Um, we talked about this last couple of weeks. I'm clearing out the cabinet. What I've got in my glass tonight is George <clears throat> Dickle, George Dickle, uh, bottled and bond, the blue label, if you know it. It was actually the 2019 Whiskey Advocate Whiskey of the Year. So I picked it up as soon as I could back in early 2020. I probably had had, I don't know, neck and then mid-shoulder of the bottle itself, and I just let it sit. So that's a 13-year-old, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. It's a bottle and bonds with 100 proof. And I'll tell you, it's it's interesting. Um, Dickel profile is itself. It itself 
very unique. And I would say that this one is good. Would I buy it again? Yes. Would I hunt for it? No. I was at Specs last week and I saw cases of it lined up because I think it got all the hype from being the whiskey advocate, whiskey of the year. And then people drank it and they're like, I don't get it. Which I will say that although I'm a subscriber to Whiskey Advocate and I do like what they do, I find myself doing that a lot with stuff they recommend. I was like, I don't get it. Like, I don't see what they see. Sometimes. I don't know. I've never, I've never had a miss on the whiskey advocate. Um, I'm not going to say I have, it's a year. miss. I'm not going to say it's a miss. It's just, I think it goes back to what's your criteria for whiskey of the year, right? Is it uniqueness? It's very unique. Is it unlike anything else on the market? Like, is it new? Is it re- a refreshing take on that? Like they would say with like a lot of the toasted barrels. Yeah, it was new. And people get into it and they get nerded out about it. I don't know if that's the best whiskey I've drank. I don't think it's the best whiskey I drank in 2019. So when I first bought it, I thought I was like, oh, I have the whiskey advocate bottle of the year. But it turns out there's two blue labels. And, you know, if anybody's had the, the, the Dick Wool bottle and bond, they've probably figured this out by now. The whiskey advocate bottle of the year was the 13 year. And that was the one that it came out and you saw on all the blogs and the videos, they were like, what are they talking about? And then the 11 year old came out and that's the one that I ended up that I actually had. And I thought it was really good. Like I sent it to like three of my buddies right away. And when I bought it at the store, there was a limit one bottle per customer. And I kind of agreed with them. And for the price, it was like 32 bucks. I thought it was a home run. But I don't know. I get that just that just goes back to people like different things. I did not think it was bad. Now I did have it like during a birthday shrimp oil celebration, so maybe I was already had a couple drinks in me. So maybe that's why I thought it was delicious. But I killed that bottle in maybe four days, and I, I probably would have got another one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what about another one? Yeah, I think it's an interesting one to have. This one was distilled fall 2005, so yeah, it's a 13. Yeah, that's a 13, so that yeah. was the award winner. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. You killed it, so. I, well, almost. I'll kill it during this, this uh, re- recording, but. So I if, kill a bottle and very quickly for two reasons. It's delicious, or two, it tastes like shit, so I've got to make room and tell the wife that I ran out. And go grab another bottle. Yeah, I, I, I quite, I'm quite the opposite. I take the neck and the shoulder and I let it sit for like six months. Um, six so months. that's so. <laughs> it's just what I do because I buy something new and I try that and I kind of like go through this weird rotation. Now I'm just clearing everything out. That's where so we are different. We are very different that way. So now that we know what we're drinking tonight, what's in our glass? Rather, I want to kick us off and let's talk about. Monday Night Football tonight. What are we watching? I'm watching the Jets and the Patriots, which if you had said that last season or anything prior, it would have been your typical Jets-Patriots ass-kicking. But we've got a 27 Jets, 17 Patriots game, and it's two ugly teams playing right now. Ugly teams, but putting up points on the scoreboard. So are the offenses that good or the defenses that bad? It's going to beg the question, you know, you had the Bucks and the Patriots playing like shit on the same weekend, but of course everyone's already had the conversation. Is it Belichick? Is it Brady? Do you have enough information yet? What do you think, Dick? 
I think it's if you would have asked me four years ago, I would have said it's Belichick all day. Um, I think that the system he put together was unlike anything else you've seen, you had seen in the pros for a while. But I think if as I've matured and probably more appreciated the goat that is Tom Brady, I think you have to say it's Brady. I think a lot of the keys, though, come back to who do you have as far as legitimate weapons around you? We've had this conversation in and out. We may have it tonight again, talk about the AP top 25. But if you don't have weapons around you, if you don't have a good receiving core and a reliable running back as a quarterback, doesn't matter how good you are, you're not going to win any games. You're not going to win any substantial games and not any championships. You have to have a good cast. So and I think Brady, should, if Brady's on the Patriots right now, are they winning? <clears throat> Probably not. Okay. And then but, Kellerman this week said that if you put Foles on the Buccaneers, that they're, you know, they're, they have the same record. Do you agree with that? I don't know. I don't think that Tom's won them any games this year, but I think he's put them in positions to make a much larger lead out of the win than it already was. So Patriots is an easy answer for me. They look like shit. Uh, I I mean, that's plain and simple. They look like crap. I don't know how much COVID affected Cam Newton. I mean, before it, he's, you know, diving into the end zone, possibly beating the Seahawks, looking like he's kicking ass. After COVID, I mean, do you think that had anything to do with it? No, I think Cam Newton's always been ass. Whoa. I've never. MVP Cam Newton. I've. So I've never been a fan of his play style or the, and I've never really thought he was honestly, so that you don't well. like a badass play style. He doesn't play like a badass. I mean, that's a very, subjective play like a badass. his stats have never why been, you hate oh, quarterbacks okay. so much. Why? Why I are am, you such no, like, why are you no fun at all? Oh, I'm a lot of fun. I love Russell Wilson. Is it the celebrations? Are you one of those guys? Oh my gosh. I just answered. You just answered my question. <laughs> like Russell Wilson. So it is the celebrations. Dude, I'm a I went to AM. I'm a huge okay, so you Johnny like football. No, I'm a huge Johnny like, football fan. I didn't say that kind of celebration. I didn't say like rocking back and forth, spitting a white towel. I'm talking about having some damn fun. Johnny didn't have fun, really? What is it? Y'all hiss, right? Y'all would hiss in the stands if somebody did something bad. It's yeah, yeah. It's, it's our answer for booing, but yes. Yeah, that's so much fun. God, I could I could see why Russell Wilson's at the top of your book. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think Are you trying book- to say that I'm like the I like Carlton more than Will? Is that what you're saying? That was never a question. That was always assumed. <laughs> uh, um so yeah, I think it's the Patriots look bad. The Buccaneers last night they laid a dud, and I don't know if that's just kind of the thing that's going to happen throughout the year, if they're just going to be inconsistent, consistent. You know, you add a guy like Antonio Brown, which you saw when he joined the Patriots last year. That was off and running. I don't know if the Bucks are just not that good, but they're playing these bad teams. I, I think um, we chalk it up to an off night. I think I, we all see, have I off agree. nights. Because as I'm saying, they've played bad teams. You got to think about that game against the Packers. So I think they're going to be a wait and see. But the only problem is you can't. When do the inconsistent teams hit their stride in the playoffs? Some of them, some of them really ramp up right before. They've got to like work out all the kinks and the and the runs. You know, you look at like 
Brady and the Patriots, and they had off seasons, but they didn't really have off games within their really winning seasons. I, oh, you're getting some more notes. All right. Yeah, I got like a a dill in the nose again. But a candy, there's a good taste in the candy. What's the pickle? Uh, I'm going to have to think of that candy and get back to you. But now I'm getting some good smoke wagon here. Dill candy. Keep that one for your nose. No, dill in the nose, dick. And then on the taste, I'm getting a candy, but it has to come to mind as I continue to drink it and enjoy this wonderful glass. Yeah, right now, it's definitely too early to tell on the Belichick-Brady conversation. Of course, everyone wants an answer right away, and I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I don't think the Patriots are making the playoffs, but even if the Bucks go to the playoffs, you can't answer that question. Super Bowl, sure, it's over. Brady, Brady's the guy. He wins the conversation, but I don't see that happening right now. What did any big surprises this weekend in the NFL? The fact Besides. that the Cowboys were competitive, um, that was my biggest surprise. I thought they were going to get stomped up and down the, uh, the field. And the Bucks just laying a fucking goose egg, or almost a goose egg. about you? Well, I'm not going to pretend like I I predicted it, but if you saw Garrett Gilbert when he did the, what was it, the XFL this last year, or was it that other league? They had the week before from the Italian guy. What was that guy's name? I forgot. Uh, I don't know, DeSantis or something like that? I don't know. Exactly. Um, I thought he was an upgrade. I thought he was going to be okay, and he, he actually did. I mean, he's a, he's a good quarterback, and who knows what he could do if he gets some more time. Uh, the Bills whooping the Seahawks. Mm, the Bills, another off-and-on team. They're more on than they are off. But yeah. Other than that, no, not really too many surprises. Baker got COVID his week off. Go figure. Um, ooh, you know what another team is that I can't put my finger on? Shoot. The Oakland Raiders, <laughs> who are now the Las Vegas Raiders. You have any idea how, like, who they are? I don't think they know who they are. I, Derek Carr's all over the place, and I don't know. I, I'm with you. They're they're probably the biggest question mark I have right now in the NFL. I say second round of the playoffs. I, I think they get in a wild card and play one of the weaker teams. They get a wild card and then they get to the second round and then play somebody a lot better. Maybe. Oh. I mean, they're a week to week. You never know what the fuck's going to go on. So, but. All right. All right. Well, let's change it up so we're not talking about. Pro football. We'll actually get back to pro football in a little bit about a certain topic on it, but we want to get into some college football right now. Any uh, complaints on your usual bits and about the top 25 this week? I mean, it wouldn't be a college football segment without it. So, yeah, of course. I don't know, man. Your chances to do the whole, we're not ranked high enough is running out of room. You guys are moving up. Oh, we're running out of room. And I mean, I think the biggest question is when you talk about initial thoughts, at least for me, is how does AM fuck this up? I'll give Kellen Mond his, his due. Like, he has been playing well, audibly knock on wood for the last three weeks. I've been pleasantly surprised. I mean, he's an arms out quarterback, runs around like, well, you can't see me, but he's an arms out quarterback, elbows to elbows. That's just how he plays, like a little robot man. But, 
can we please quit talking about A&M having this dark horse chance to make the college football playoff because you're fucking jinxing us. Of course I want it. I totally want it. Do I think we'll win? No. No, not at all. But it would be nice to at least get some sorts of redemption and satisfaction to all this shit talking that we have to hear from all of our Texas cohorts. So I can rub that in Kurt's face here and like, did you make the playoff? No, you haven't. So shut the fuck up. But on the flip side, I don't know. I feel like we're going to jinx ourselves, or Mond is going to fuck us big time. So that's where, that's where I'm at, man. That's my initial thought. How about you? Honestly, man, it was a very busy weekend. Uh, I caught the Notre Dame Clemson game, which is about the only game that caught you know my eye when I was looking at the schedule. I did see that Arizona State was pulling it off against USC, so I switched over to that one towards the very end. Apparently USC came back. Not gonna put too much into that because that was the first game back for the Pac twelve. Couldn't even tell you how Oregon did. Um But yeah, I saw the Notre Dame game, so that already starts off with an asterisk. Because Trevor Lawrence didn't play. Yeah, but they're they're I'm not even gonna try to say his name. Their backup is he looked dude, that guy I looked him up, he's six five, two forty. Oh, he's, he's a big dude. Huge. He's a big dude. And apparently he played his, like a fifth year senior. Apparently his uh have you seen the they keep cutting to his dad on the sidelines on the camera? He's a big old man. Apparently he's like a celebrity famous bouncer. Really? Yes. Like well, he's we, a big dude. At least we know Clemson's backup QB has a uh, you know a backup job. Yeah. I will say though, I'm going to give credit, and we can talk about Notre Dame here in a second. Ian Book played his heart out; he played really well. I will say though, I think it's a stark contrast in talent on depth charts when Clemson's backup quarterback played just as well as Notre Dame's fifth-year senior. No, absolutely. And then this, that's the sad part. You go into the game thinking Notre Dame can win. Doesn't matter because this goes back to our conversation. Trevor Lawrence is a pretty big freaking deal. And I don't think that it's an overtime game if Trevor Lawrence is playing. I don't either. I don't either. And I know I've been kind of a Trevor critic. Lawrence hater. Absolutely. No, hear me out. Hear me out. It's I will, not, but it, you've been a Trevor Lawrence hater. And I'm not going to get jumped off of that bandwagon, but my point is I think the fact that you put Clemson's backup QB into okay, that, that time. What was their ranking before Trevor Lawrence got COVID? One. And what's their ranking after Trevor Lawrence got Four. COVID? Okay. Good. Continue. It's a very no. bipolar. Continue. To make Who are they still assessment. ranked ahead of? Okay, sorry, just sorry, I had to throw that in there. <laughs> but that's my point. Like, do you really think that Clemson well, my is team's only... not ranked ahead of Clemson? <laughs> it's not where that was going at all. But Clemson all right. lost a game without Trevor Lawrence. It's not fair. <laughs> is that your is that your Waterboy impression? <laughs> or... I don't know. I don't know what that was. <laughs> it sounded like the kid from uh, uh, Big Daddy. <laughs> oh, okay. Not even. <laughs> nope. All right. So, no, I, I think it just goes back to we talked about earlier. Yes, they're good quarterbacks, but the system, the, the cast around them makes you better, 
right? So is it really a testament to Trevor Lawrence is so good that we think it would have gone over time? We think they would have won. We don't know. We think. Or is it really no, a testament they to won. the fact is a testament to the fact that they had a they freshman, they had a freshman play just as well as a fifth year senior Notre oh, Dame don't quarterback. Give me the freshman shit. I mean, this day and age with recruiting and badasses coming in. You know who was a badass when they were a freshman? Johnny fucking Manziel. Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Don't give me the fr- these guys get so much training and play in so much, you know, Under Armour game, this and that. They're they're there's no oh he's a true I hate that. Oh, he's a true freshman. Who gives a shit? I mean, these guys are getting prepped better than anybody ever has. You know what's even more you know what's more impressive than you telling me that uh he's a true freshman who was a five star recruit and everybody wanted him because they knew he was just badass at football, and of course that's gonna transition to the field. Doesn't always. Doesn't always. Well, I'll tell you what's more impressive. And unfortunately, he's probably not going to continue to be their quarterback. But, I mean, if you give me the story of old, uh, what was, well, what's his name? I was the fifth stringer, and now I'm the starter at Georgia. Oh, uh, Bennett? Yes, that's more impressive. First off, I is don't it? know how big that guy is in person. I think he's 5'8". Poor little feller out there on the field. I'm like, they got Lucas back there taking snaps. <laughs> I was going to ask if we're going to get the Florida Georgia line, but all right, let's get there. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> how we roll. That's impressive. Don't tell. Uh, oh, we had to, we had to go with our stouted. Everybody highly recruited five star could have gone to any school. I hate that. I hate that story. That's over and done with. So I know that's kind of contradicting to me saying that Trevor Lawrence is a big difference, but Trevor Lawrence is a big difference. And you saw it in that game. And it wouldn't have been a game against Notre Dame. And as happy as I want to get that Notre Dame's number two right now, we all know what's going to happen. If the season ended today and they went to the playoffs, they would be playing Ohio State. Does Notre Dame win that game? No. No. Okay. Does it keep your little boys A&M out? Yes. So I'm okay with it. I'll roll with it. <laughs> I can't be bragging about that shit. Uh, how would you feel though? Like we've had these years of like two SEC teams in the playoff and nobody bats an eye. You get, you know, some bitching and murmuring from guys on the West coast that nobody fucking cares about. If you had a season of COVID with two ACC teams in the college football playoff, that'd be wild. Cause you haven't had real contenders in the ACC actually have a fucking chance at least of getting the playoff ever. Except for Clemson. Well, I'm saying, but two of them. I'm not. I'm not Clemson. Yes, right. They're an auto. They're an auto in. Alabama's an auto in. Ohio State most times is an auto in. And then you like randomly get a Big Twelve team, or they pick another SEC team. Yeah, well, I'm not wrong. It, it it is what it is. Did you catch any of the Florida Georgia game? Yes, I did. Yeah. Did they end up uh, switching quarterbacks, Georgia? I don't. I remember. didn't watch it, so I don't. No, I, I don't think so. But I don't remember, to be honest with you. I don't think I watched the whole thing. I'm looking at their passing stats, and they have another quarterback in there, but it's not the one that I was expecting. They had Mathis in there. They didn't have old boy from USC. Don't even know who that is, but okay. All right, so I've got one other surprise slash initial thought. Really, it's a question to you. Liberty. How long until Hugh Freeze is back from his multi-year strip club trip? When does he come back to the big boys? Is Hugh Freeze at Liberty right now? 
Okay, that's how important Hugh Freeze is to me. Um, I mean, yeah, he'll he'll pull a, a Kiffin like at FAU, and this is his little, you know, audition. Can you not break the rules? Can you win some games? And they're doing it convincingly. But I mean, Virginia Tech four and three. I guess that's impressive. Yeah, he'll he'll be somewhere. It won't be like Ole Miss. It may be like a. Arizona State when Herman Edwards Ooh. says, fuck this, I'm going back to broadcasting. Shit, or Arizona when Kevin Sullivan gets canned again. Yeah, yeah, forgot about that school. That happens. <laughs> but, you know, Kevin Sullivan did take a step up, so anyway. I mean, technically they're higher altitude than us, so sure. What a nerd. <laughs> All right, so what about you? Any uh, Any other surprises or... Texas is kind of tipping away back at a decent season. I'll give them that. Uh, they beat Oklahoma State last week. They beat West Virginia, who I don't think they've won a game since Tech beat them, so maybe they aren't that good. Okay. When's the what? The Wisconsin game got canceled, so we can't tell how good they oh, are. That's that's my horseshit ranking of the week. How can you be ranked number 13 in the nation with a 1-0 record when you can't even beat COVID? You can't even adhere to COVID restrictions. That is horseshit in a can, bottled or, or canned in mass abundance and distributed across the country that none of us should be buying. This is what happens when your team gets number five. You have to bitch about other teams. Uh, no, Cincinnati, they're still kind of convincing me. Not bad, six. Um, other than that, like I said, I really just saw the Clemson-Notre game game. I heard of uh, Derek King tearing it up with Miami, but so my last hit on this Indiana, they're sitting at number 10 right now. They're three and oh, they beat Penn state. What are your thoughts? I think, yeah, it, it goes back to my crazy year. The good teams, they got to prep better. Maybe Indiana didn't get hit as bad as COVID. I don't know. I guess. Or does it say more about how much Penn State and Michigan actually suck this year? There you go. I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of like, we're talking what? We're talking Garrison Brothers, Cowboy Bourbon, 130s proof for Jim Harbaugh? Is he, is he out the door? I don't know, man. He's a Michigan man. He's a Michigan man. He's at least yeah. he's at least bottled and bond. I think he's probably more like old granddad 114. It's hot. It's hot. So. But – I think, I think he's, he's. I'm surprised he's playing this week. I think he gets watered down because he's a Michigan man. I think they've hyped him up so much to be this savior that you know can go to no wrong and still save Michigan. It's going to take a big, big push or a big, big loss. Honestly, Kurt, it is no different than what's going. That what will happen eventually. You're eight, you're nine of Jimbo Fisher's deal. He's going to have some bad seasons. Shit's going to happen wrong. And people are going to say, when, how hot is he? How hot is he? He's kind of your dude. You've kind of like invested all in on this guy. It has to be a royal fuck up. It has to be Jim Trestle level fuck up. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you big time. I think he's like, it doesn't matter. Just like they don't care in Nebraska. Scott Frost doesn't win. Yeah, he's the golden child. He's not going to last. You don't last when you don't win. I mean, I think I think Michigan's already proven the point that they should have fired him two years ago, and they haven't. Yeah. So they have to eat shit, and they have to keep going. 
just shove one of them. Now, I, I will say this. Look at Indiana's schedule the next two weeks. You got Michigan State. Dude, that 11-21 game when they play Ohio State, that actually might be a good game. I'm going to say no. Okay, fair enough. I, I said it may. So when we record this and Indiana is at least competitive, I'm going to re- mm-hmm. I'm going to expect some sort of you're right. And when they lose by over 28 points because they're playing at Ohio State, uh, mm-hmm. and Justin Fields is going to tear that ass up if he yeah. doesn't get COVID. Oh, yeah, you had to go and do that, didn't, didn't you? <laughs> How good is That's Ohio State with Justin Fields? Yeah. Done as a bitch. Of the oh, and then they're gonna oh, we have to play our backup five star recruit who was highly touted and has a better arm than half the country. Yeah, no, then it'll just be Clemson and lose another day. <laughs> All right, I promise you we're gonna get into some whiskey conversation, but there's one more thing. It shouldn't take long because as we expected, Jack shit happened. NFL trade deadline. We literally have nothing to talk about, but we we, we googled it. Yeah. And we said we would talk about it, so we're going to quick segment. We literally have nothing to say on that. So we're going to say what should have happened. Cowboys should have taken Ryan Fitzpatrick. They should have traded for him. Okay. I mean, I know you you said some good things about Garrett Gilbert, and I'm not going to disagree with you. But Dalton, I mean, who knows when he's going to come back. Maybe I'm off the, I mean, off the reservation on this, but I don't know. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is – Better than Andy Dalton. Shoot me. Well, the good thing is we had the we had the Fitzpatrick. I said Kaepernick, and the next day I actually saw an article that said from Fitzpatrick to Kaepernick, who <laughs> yeah. did the Cowboys get? So it made me feel like we knew kind of what the hell we were talking about. Uh, but yeah, it was JJ just one Watt, of our listeners. JJ Watt should have been traded. I think I wish he had. He deserved um, to be traded. Did he get a hundred sacks? He did. He got that. So that was good yeah. for him. But, I mean, you're entering a territory where he's going to be the all-time Texan, you know, you know, greatest Texan to play. But, man, I wish that guy would be in the playoffs and be competing for Super Bowls. I don't think you're going to talk to one person that doesn't want him to get a ring. No, that, that's true. Um, two receivers were back in the game this weekend. One of them – was Des Bryant with the Ravens. The other was Antonio Brown with the Bucks. I don't think we got much out of them. In fact, Des Bryant didn't have any catches. Surprising? Not really. Not really. I don't think you're ever – I think Antonio Brown last year, where he actually went off for a game before he got suspended. Um, that's an anomaly. I think you had, you had Le'Veon Bell, right, with the the Chiefs. And granted, you know, Edwards Allaire is, is a hell of a running back. But – it's really hard to like learn an offense in a week or two weeks. And I think out of anybody, you're going to see Antonio Brown learn the fastest and make a bigger impact because he's basically living with Tom Brady and Tom's Tom. So there's a, it's, it's an unfair expectation if you pick some up off the trade wire and expect them to put up 15, 20 points on fantasy. So I agree. I think you, you said it perfect. He's living with Tom Brady. So he's got that edge on him. I mean, Brian's got Lamar Jackson. That may be like a reversed mentor role. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I was watching that Buccaneers game. Do you think they said, hey, from that last fiasco in Chicago, do you think they said, Tom, you need to chill your shit out? Because you saw it on his face. You could tell he wasn't happy. But 
he didn't he didn't lose his shit like he did in that Chicago game. You think they had that conversation? I wouldn't. It's Tom fucking Brady. <laughs> Let Tom be Tom. <laughs> Fair enough. But you also got a batshit crazy. He just gives. I don't know. Maybe he isn't. But Bruce Arians looks like he can put anybody in check. I think Bill Belichick can put anybody in check, and I don't think he put Tom in check very often. Well, there's a difference. Bill Belichick just comes and does his shit, and then but Bruce Arians looks like he'll fight you. (laughs) He's like, I'm gonna fight you if you don't. So I think there's the difference there. But okay, so nothing happened on trading, but uh, big topic, and you know more about it than I do because you're the one who's introduced me to these Facebook pages where this is allowed. Blah 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 blah. What's your take? Because this is gonna be your field. On whiskey trading, any experience, any knowledge, anything? So I don't want to get labeled as like the, the whiskey secondary market guy because I'm definitely not, but I keep tabs. You asshole. Um, I just, I'm so like anti-secondary market, it's not funny, but I like to understand what's going on in the world because I think if you don't at least educate yourself, you're always going to be naive. So my my experience on this whiskey trading, there's a few Facebook groups out there um, where you're not supposed to be selling, but they sell, but it's in code. It's very entertaining to watch. But these markups on these bottles are stupid. And it all has to come down to where you live and in what region um, that person is, right? So you're going to pick up like well or foolproof in specific areas, usually around near the Ohio, um, Ohio, Indiana region. Sometimes you'll get them here in Texas. So you got to usually know a guy. But you're... Like guys in Kentucky, I feel bad for y'all because it's hard to find like good bottles because the distilleries do not use distributors within the state to actually ship those bottles out. You got to go cross state lines. So it's great if you want to hunt the bourbon trail, but I digress. The secondary trading market is absolute shit. I I can't tell you how many times I've seen Weller Foolproof at a $50 bottle. Someone posted up for, hey, $250 shipped. You want it? People are, yeah, they're buying it. I mean, they're talking about Blanton's is going for $150, $200. I'm not even talking about um, Blanton's gold. I'm talking about single barrel, like the regular Blanton's. It blows my mind. And trading does happen, but it's rare and infrequent. The secondary market, which is usually dollar for dollar or dollar for bottle, rather, is much more prevalent. And I think it's just a practice that hurts all of us as consumers. And we should unite and stop doing that shit to each other. Like, if you want to trade a bottle for a bottle, let's do it. But let's stop in artificially inflating the prices of bottles. Like, let's trade. Hey, I can get this here. You can get that there. Let's do a swap. All right. It's a tangent. Yeah, I just don't know. I don't. I think I'm. <clears throat> I I have a lot more fun just hunting for those good bottles. You get into the like. Let's meet up. Where do you want to meet up? Do you got to trust them? Yeah, maybe that's just my, maybe that's just my shady experiences on the back page of Craigslist. But that's a whole other story. Um, yeah, I think I'm just gonna keep with the, uh, with the whiskey hunting on that one. But so I'll say this, you know, if you're gonna find a rare bottle, and you know a friend that wants one, buy it, hundred percent. But whiskey is best enjoyed and shared with friends, and I think right. that's the point that we try to drive home here is. Don't make a black market for good bourbon or good whiskey, just in general. Make a market where, yeah, I mean, if I can pick it up here, I'll, I'll, sell, I'll sell it to you at cost plus shipping. 
but that's where like the friendships and relationships are really bonded. Yes. And that, that's the, I will, then that brings a good point. You're right. If you can grow your whiskey circle, then hell yeah, mm-hmm. that would be a benefit. Yeah, I mean, for sure. But we're just gouging know, each other right now. Yeah. I've seen your collection. You know, I would definitely be like, Oh, let's freaking do this. And then you talk to, talk to buddies and you're like, Oh, I see that on the shelf. I haven't seen this. So yeah, definitely keeping it within your whiskey circle and growing that as much as you can. I mean, I'm, I'm constantly just, you know, the funny thing is whiskey's at a point where you mention you drink it to somebody. They're going to be like, oh, really? Well, what do you drink? And then that just starts the whole conversation, which we will get into later. Now, in our last episode, or it may have been our quick hitter. I don't remember. You'll remember, Dick. We mentioned uniforms. It was our last episode. Okay. So that got the brain going. I I love talking uniforms. I'm the geek on ESPN that when, you know, I'm watching so-and-so's dropping new uniforms on a, in a week. I love that shit. Uh, then it felt dropped several this week, this past year, some exciting, some were like, oh, okay, you went back to 2005. It happens. It got me thinking, what are your favorite uniforms? And what are your favorite whiskey bottles? Because let's, let's, let's not lie. People literally buy them to have them on their shelves because of yep. the way they look. Yep. So I've got three categories for you. Let's hear them. We are going to start with the first one. And this is your classic uniform. What is your favorite classic uniform? I'm talking old team, hasn't changed much, same thing year to year, just a classic uniform. Any sports, go. All right. I'll tell you what team I'm not going to pick, and it's the obvious one why that I should pick. Fuck you, Cowboys. You keep breaking my heart. What team I am going to pick? I actually like their uniforms a lot better. Always have Green Bay Packers. And my bottle answer to that, sellout, complete sellout. Call me a sellout. I'm going to fucking say it. it. I'm going to say the B word, Blanton's. It's the best looking bottle on the the market, dude. It is. Best looking whiskey bottle. There's one other bottle I think looks better than it, but it's not a whiskey bottle. And that's the Skull Vodka because it's a fucking skull. But whiskey bottle. You said the V word. (laughs) <laughs> uh and not the fun one um yeah so blanton's green bay packers classic on both hasn't changed much a different variation maybe yeah those both suck but huh. i'm just kidding. what about you <laughs> i'm just kidding i think you uh, people talk so much shit about blanton's and they secretly love it and you just wear it on your sleeve buddy you talk so much shit oh, but you it's just, it's love it for point of clarification, I've never said I didn't like Blanton's. I don't think I've ever said that. Ooh, we got some I said, to play back. I've said I don't think Blanton's is worth the price. And if you put Blanton's in any other bottle, it would sit on the shelf dusty because the juice is good, but people don't buy it for the juice. People are fanboys because of the reason you selected good, the bottle. Good, good whiskey, a cool bottle, a story, reason. a collection. Dude, collected the bottle. Everybody loves a collection. Like everybody's trying to get Blanton's so they can put it on their 
on their little horse, you know, through the uh, Preakness or wherever the hell it is, and put their bottle on top. Be like, oh, I've got all the Blanton's number or letters. I'm cool. It's like Pokemon cards or baseball cards. Like, why did you collect them? I didn't. A lot of people did. You collected them because it's to say a thing that you do. You have an obsession with X, and that's what you collect. It's no difference in collecting just whiskey in general. All right. As for the uniform, yeah, that may be the only reason that the Packers have constantly been my least favorite team. There's two teams that I just, I don't know why, and I think, I think the colors have a lot to do with it. I just can't get over the green and yellow. I don't know. It's weird. Like it was the Packers and the Steelers in the Super Bowl. I, you know, probably the least invested Super Bowl I've ever been in because of the colors. Call me weird. I'm gonna uh, call you more than that. Yeah, I probably should admit to all that, but. Brett Favre was cool. Um, oh, so, Brett Favre is a gunslinger of my lifetime. So we're going classic uniform here. We are. And there was definitely several candidates. I talked about the Blackhawks jersey in our podcast last week. I didn't go with that one. Probably should have. But that one kind of caught me between classic and my next topic. I'm going to go... We talked about them before. I had the Charles Woodson jersey growing up. Oakland Raiders, baby. The silver and black. The Raiders. Yes, never changed. Charles Woodson, you know, kids had it. I rocked the Charles Woodson gray Raiders jersey with the gray Adidas ripoff pants. I was that kid. Oh, boy. Yeah, I was that kid. All right. Now, classic bottle. This one was kind of, it could be controversial because the bottle hasn't been around forever. But I just love the look of it. Blade doesn't, that Bo, defeat, baby. doesn't that defeat the point of classic? It's a classic looking bottle. Classic looking bottle. Okay. All yeah. Right. Classic looking bottle. Blade and bow. You got the key. You got the blue circle. It looks like it would make a hell of a decanter when you're done with it. Uh, Blade and Bow, I don't know. What do you think of Blade and Bow? So I actually got a bottle of Blade and Bow right about three months after I started getting the whiskey. Like I actually started getting the whiskey. And it was based off your recommendation. I think we've talked about this, but it's it's solid whiskey. I would love to pick up another bottle and drink it um, and actually rate it with the palate that I've created or matured the put over in your mouth. The, all the things I put in my mouth. And... I can't say anything bad about it. I think I do think it's a cool bottle. I think the key probably sets it apart for most of them. I don't think it's iconic, the bottle itself, but I see where you're going with it. Yeah. And Blaine Bow is another one of those that I loved, but then you see people just like tear it to shit. And I know we've said, you know, to each their own, but I'm like, are we tasting the same thing? Yeah. You know, when you talk about, Classic looking. I'm going to throw two others in here. I'm just curious what your thoughts are. The old fits, like a bottle and bonnet, the new old fits run, right? That, that bottle or the, the will it pot still, which I have a bottle of that I'm figuring out what I'm going to do. It's got that really long neck. It looks like a copper pot still. Um, yeah. What do you, what do you think about those two? I can't give you too much on old Fitzgerald and pretend like I know the taste. I've seen the bottle. So nice I've never had it. It's a cool bottle though. Yes. So I, I don't, feel right giving my judgment on something that I haven't tasted. 
Like that's that's another reason I didn't put Angel Envy in here because that's a cool looking bottle. You've got the wings. I haven't tasted it yet. Um, I do think that we should do. Hey, maybe we can do a blind tasting. Blade and Bow, Angel's Envy. Kind of do something like that. That's an expensive uh, blind taste. <laughs> true that. Um, but yeah, I can't give you a fair. I, I will it. I've I've had some. It's a great bottle. All right. So the next category, this is where I kind of got tore up because if I think of the Chicago Blackhawks logo, I think of the headdress, I think of the colors, I think of the awesome bright red. This category I'm going to call flare. All right. This is your Oregon Ducks section. This is your, you know, you're watching it just because of the uniforms, not so much the team. Go for it. And of course, naturally, I said Oregon Ducks knowing that you couldn't pick that because that's just too easy. All right. So talking about flair, um, I'll make sure that I have all 37 pieces of my flair on this one. And you're right. I can't pick the Ducks. I'm going to go a little bit better, a little bit farther north. I'm going to say the Seahawks. I'm going to say when you talk about like variations and color profile and the palette of, I don't know what weird lime green, blue color they're going to wear to go today. They throw, they throw a little bit of, you know, interesting um, options out there. Part of me wanted to say the Falcons, but it's just not as flamboyant as they used to be. And I'm going to go on my bourbon or on the whiskey side, the E.H. Taylor line. I know it's dumb, but like all the bottles look the same. Not dumb, dumb at all. They're, they're always original. You know what bourbon you're looking at, what whiskey you're looking at based off the color of the writing, the color of the label. And you always can tell an E.H. Taylor because it's got the, the, you know, the iconic case right and then it's got small batch you know four grain whatever may be written on it and then you open it up it's this this beautiful bottle beautiful bottle and it's classic it's stoic it lasts for generations i don't want fucking classic i want flair (laughs) it it's my it's my flair dude i'm not to your own point earlier i'm i'm a russell wilson fan not a cam newton fan i'm not a flair guy absolutely a russell wilson fan (laughs) no i can see it i can see it i think the the case is are pretty cool. Absolutely. I'll never forget the first bottle of VH Taylor I, I got, and it was completely due to that, that case that it comes with. It just so happened to be one of the best bottles I've ever had because it was single barrel. So good. That was like one of those. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm wasting my money on great stuff. Um, so this one is the start of an addiction. Yes. This one, I'm going to say, just because right now, I think it's awesome. It's the NBA throwback kind of collection. And I'll specifically for the the point of choosing a specific uniform. I love when the Memphis Grizzlies wear their throwbacks right now. The teal, the bear. It's awesome. So I'll go I'll go Memphis Grizzlies throwback is my best flare uniform right now. But like when they play the Jazz and the Jazz are wearing their throwback. Like I'm watching just because of that. Like it, like I miss the uniforms from the 90s so much. That's what I, that was going to be my point. I miss the Raptors like God, the Raptors were so good. Seeing Vince Carter run around in those purple jerseys. It's so boring right now. Like you have the Dallas Mavericks uniform, which looks like a, like your basic city league basketball where they just throw the name across the chest. You have the Clippers. I don't know what they're doing with their 
you know, EA Sports looking thing. Um, but when you get like the Jazz and the Grizzlies, oh, the newer one that I really like, Miami Heat, their their Miami Vice set, good stuff. But you got you had the '90s, you had the Supersonics jersey. You know, you had the Rockets was kind of a goofy looking one, but it was exciting. So I love what they're doing with that. I wish more teams would do more throwback in the NBA. Uh, so that'll be my flair. For bottle, I'm going to go any Maker's Mark Sports Edition. Okay. You got the different colored waxes. You got, you know, I saw an Astros one the other did day they, here in Houston. They did a purple one for the Lakers, right? Yeah, they do. You know, you can usually find the NFL teams or anything in your local area. I saw an Astros one the other day. Blue and orange look pretty sweet. Uh, they do the Kentucky Derby collections. You know, they'll put the the sword and ho- certain horses. I saw a blue bottle the other day. Uh, so yeah, I love when Maker's Marks does that. And then you, you know, think of any team. Think of think of any. I'm sure they have a silver and blue Cowboys one. I mean, it it that's a little flare right there, and you can't go wrong with some Maker's Mark. You really can't. I you know what you, you've talked about that the last month or so. And I just I just killed that. I think it was a PR five. No, no, no. It was the RC six uh, select, and it really makes me want to go get a cast strength or a uh, forty six. Yeah. No, that yeah, that's, that's definitely on my list. I sent you the picture that I saw where they're selling the three together, right? Yeah, you did. I think that should be part of our next blind. It's probably like a maker's blind. Um, <clears throat> that'll be a, a good hitter. You get no arguments from me there. Actually, and not to get too far far ahead of ourselves, but we are planning a get-together where I think we should actually do a solid blind with some um, rare high-dollar stuff that I've I've put together. That'll be a fun one. Indeed. So just for shits and giggles, I took your horrible color scheme of the Green Bay Packers green and yellow and typed it into Google. And sure enough, they have a Packers dip maker's mark, and I haven't seen green and yellow look better on anything else. Our next of black and yellow, black and yellow. You would go there. Of course I would. I'm ghetto at heart. Oof. All right. <laughs> All right, I got one more category for you. We did classic. We did flair. Categories are off the table. Just give me your all-time favorite. Doesn't matter. What is it? Favorite jersey, favorite bottle. Go. So I'm not going to give you a favorite jersey, but I'm going to give you my homer team because I'm going to break the rules. Why not? Spurs, dude. Spurs, classic jersey. Even got away, and we're just doing black and silver now. But we have some cool variations. Not the camo. The camo was not a cool variation. It should never be done. Ever. God, you're so boring. No, but the solid gray with the one big spurt or the low spurs. Ooh, that's exciting. Not love that? I love low spurs. All oh, right. Man, that is so out of the box. How did you even think of that? Because <laughs> I see it all the time. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, at least tell me 1990s, you know, peak teal and orange oh oh yeah for sure but you already hit the throwbacks and i said i mean i was gonna go on a whole rant about 90s not one of the ones i was thinking of why not dude like it's amazing it's fiesta colors how can you not love that anyway you gotta you gotta be from san antonio to talk about it i guess now anyway bourbon bottle. bottle weller it's classic Every different Weller has a damn different color, and you know it by the label color. You know, blue label, orange label, red label, black label, green label. 
Nobody knows what the fuck is in the bottle. I say that. People who don't necessarily know a lot about bourbon don't know what's in the bottle. We do. And home is, you know, special reserve, 12 year, 107, et cetera. But how can you not love the fact that it's the same label, but just different colors. And it's so easy to distinguish between them. You're so easy to predict. I'm a little fanboy. I'm a, hey, I'm a weeder bitch, right? You are a weeder bitch. That, those are good answers. I mean, I understand the Homer, you know, boring as shit, but I understand it. Um, what are what are yours, Mister? I'm not going to pick a Homer. I'm not. I'm going to go my favorite uniform of all time. I'm going to go the freaking pinstripes, baby. I mean, the New York Yankees home uniforms, which are your favorite baseball team since childhood. Exactly. <laughs> haven't had to change. Haven't had to do anything in the last 100 years to them. Homer pick. I'm not in New York. You don't have to be. They're an international was, brand. <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna. Sorry. Sorry. It's not. You know. Sorry. It's not the basketball version of the Raiders jersey. Um, Dude, don't give me start on how much the Raiders should have come to San Antonio. Oh, give me a break! You are such a homer. Holy shit. <laughs> Yeah, let's. You know what? You know what? Let's not go to Vegas. Let's go to San Antonio. We already have that, Brian Silver, dude. You have the biggest fan base. You would have eaten into half of the Cowboys fan base by coming here. That's mm, why it didn't happen. Jerry. I do. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I love me some San Antonio. You can't go wrong. But I oh, just don't can. think San Antonio when I think Raiders. All right, I'll throw some honorable mentions before I get to my bourbon bottle. Uh, I almost went classic red Detroit Red Wings jersey. The U. I've always loved their uniforms. Subtle changes throughout the years. Always love that color combination. I guess I'm <laughs> green and orange, a lot better than green and yellow, in my opinion. Uh, but I went Yankees. As for bottle, and I've told you this before, it's my favorite bottle. Of course, I haven't been able to grab it to put it on my collection, and that's the uh, annual Old Forester's birthday bourbon. I think that's a great pick. So that's just a classic-looking bottle. Worried about the eh, third down, pushing to fourth down. We have to oh, talk no. about it because we we ourselves may be on our fourth round. Hmm. All right, so we'll we. I mean, we got to talk about it. It's almost pushing two weeks now at the time of this recording. But the Dodgers won the World Series, and unfortunately, the only thing that anybody talked about was Justin Turner coming back onto the field after he found out he had he had COVID. Um, you have any issues with that, Dick? Yeah, I think my primary issue is that we all know it was irresponsible, right? It shouldn't have happened. shouldn't have done better. You have to put your fellow man in front of yourself. But the bigger problem here is the fact that that's what we're talking about. We're talking about that storyline and not the fact that the Dodgers won the World Series and the fact that the Lakers won the championship, that we're actually talking about a possible three, I don't want to say three Pete, but a three major sport um, championship series if the Raiders or if the Rams can pull their head out of their ass for the rest of the year. So yeah, I take issue with it. Shouldn't have done it. It puts some people at risk. If I'm not mistaken, I there's probably some COVID cases that are positive on it. Don't quote me, but how could it not be? We have to be better than that. And we have to not detract from major sports events with dumbasses acting like dumbasses. Hmm. What about you? So two things. You wasted my life talking about the Rams, Rams possibly winning the Super Bowl. So thank you for that. So uh, there's a fucking shot. Two. I practice with you every freaking day. 
I earned that World Series. You think a once in a generation virus is going to stop me from celebrating and taking a picture with you guys? Come on, man. How much is a life worth to you? Come on, man. Uh, a life that I just busted my ass winning the World Series? We're at a mean, thousand deaths a day right now. That's political. Uh, it's facts. I, I, I am joking to a point. But I do think that the players on the Major League Baseball team have a better chance at like, okay, let's take a picture with Jeremy. He deserves it. I'll go sit in my mansion for a couple of weeks and decompress. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. These are things that we don't have to answer because we've never dealt with them before. I mean, I can easily say, "Yeah, I'll stay in the clubhouse," but I'm not the one who's been a badass my whole life and earned a World Series championship. That I, I mean, I don't know. I and and that's where like, is it forgivable? Yes. I mean, I mean think about your everyday job. Think about your everyday job. You got that report in on time. Bob in the office next to you gets a raise because of the success that you. I mean, don't you want to celebrate with them? No, that's what I'm saying. It's forgivable. It's a, it's a forgivable thing. But I think, oh, I'm not forgetting. You give me COVID? Fucking, we're going to fight. <laughs> but I think at the end of the day, you know, the fact that we're talking about this as a main storyline to the Los Angeles Dodgers winning their first World Series in how many years? In a while. 80s. Yeah, I don't have to I don't have to worry about that. The high point of my day was, you know, seeing my kids and keeping the gas price under 23 bucks. So <laughs> what if you come and give me a high five after I yell out, hell yeah, then yeah, we're probably gonna have issues. So I don't have to worry about what Jeremy Turner's worrying about. But uh yeah. hell of a season. Anything else to give on the baseball now that it's over? No, I I'll do one other one other thing on that is you have to give it to the Rays. I know you're not a huge Rays fan, but when you talk about salary cap, <clears throat> you really don't have it in baseball, right? Oh, they didn't spend a lot of money. Don't give me that. You know what? Root for a team that spends more money. Not my problem. I'm I've just never... saying, would you rather have the most expensive house in the neighborhood or the cheapest house in the best neighborhood? I would take the best house in the neighborhood. Well, then you're dumb because you never want that from real estate investment purposes. So from the standpoint that the Tampa Bay Rays came in second and spent so for their entire ask roster. Me a, ask, me another, ask me a new question. Would I rather have a World Series or not have a World Series? Would ask, you me, rather, ask me. Would you rather have a World Series or would yes. you rather pay too much for a World Series? Pay too much for a World Series. God, you are such like... A fun sucker, yeah, I know. Yes, you're a big fucking fun sucker. That's what you are. It's not, there's no, like, oh, it's a great story, blah, blah, blah. That's one of the problems with the movie Moneyball. I love the movie Moneyball. But it's one of those movies where at the end, you're like, the high point was a 20-game regular win season? I mean, yeah, it's a good movie. But, I mean. So, why would I ever watch Rudy on that on that defense? Because Rudy. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> Rudy ruined my life. Did you know he know the Rudy story, right? How he ruined your life? No, enlighten us. So I watched Rudy before every junior high game. I had to go to Notre Dame. I still love Notre Dame. And then a couple of years ago, Joe Montana comes out and is like, oh, yeah, Rudy was a joke. 
And you have to believe him because he's Joe Montana. He says they carried him off the field as sar- a sarcastic joke. Joe Montana. I lived my life off of that. And here's Joe Schmo like, oh, yeah, it was a joke. He, the Jersey scene never happened. Well, if, if it makes you feel any better, Broadway Joe's doing Medicare commercials right now. So, yeah. Okay. Well, are you going to believe four-time Super Bowl winning Joe Montana? Or are you going to believe, you know, Sean Austin or whatever his name is. The amount of the amount of Super Bowls you win or championships you win have nothing to do with your credibility. Oh my gosh, dude! Did you read a boring manual before you did the show today? It ruined my life. When I found out the Jersey Sea never happened, I literally like would go into situations in my life thinking of that exact moment to find out pure Hollywood. So then it did its job. It inspired you to be better. It inspired greatness. I know you I know you on a personal level. And I, I would say, so. and I would say your life has turned out pretty well, sir. Not because of that fucking jersey scene, though. But it's because you inspired yourself every day. How did you feel when you found out Santa wasn't real? <laughs> exactly. Uh, I wasn't surprised. <clears throat> All right. Well, we talked about the World Series. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, this episode is way too long already. I know. It's okay, though. It's funny. I'm having a good time. As long as we're having a good time. If our listeners can get through 45 minutes, that says something. It does. This is going to be longer than that, though. All right. Well, let's take it home. We've got one last thing. We were going to make this a big segment, but we'll go through it. We said we were going to do the do's and don'ts of whiskey and tie it into a do's and don'ts of baseball. So here's our little segment on that. I'm going to give you a do or don't in baseball and compare it to a do or don't in the whiskey game. So the first baseball do or don't that I have, and I'm going to start real easy. This is a big no-no. Nope. Fun intended. Fun. Oh, man. You're beating to it. The number one whiskey. I say that. The number one baseball no-no is you don't talk about a no-no while the pitcher's got a no-no. You just don't do it. You let it happen. I Personally, I think that's a crock of shit. Okay? I'm going to let Dick give me his thoughts on... Because he's pers- he has told me... He's called me and said, don't you do it. Don't you fucking do it. The first no-no on the whiskey game. Go for it. Don't buy every fucking bottle on the shelf. And I don't mean don't buy every bottle of Old Tub or don't buy every bottle of Evan Williams. Don't buy every bottle of Smoke Wagon. You see six, leave some for the next guy. Don't buy every bottle of Sam Houston 14. Leave some for the next guy. We are all brothers in this and sisters, and we are all trying to share the love you don't need 10 bottles of Sam Houston 14 in your fucking bar. You don't need it. Don't be that guy. Can you at least buy your friend one when you see 10 you, bottles on the shelf? Well, if my friend wants to cough, cough up $98 and I already asked him if he wants to do it, I'll go back to the next day and he says, yes, of course, do it. But don't assume that your friend will want to pay $98 for a bottle of Sam Houston 14 when he's going to come visit you and you'll drink that bottle together. I would have just grabbed it. You fucking... <laughs> No, and I've I've had to as soon as I see a fancy bottle, I'll send Dick the picture. I'll send him a dick pic, and uh, it's, it's and he's had to tell. I'm like, dude, should I grab two? Should I grab three? And he's gone, you know, 
all humble on me. No, leave it for the next guy. And he's absolutely right. You know, that joy you get when you see it. If there's like 10, yeah, grab two. But don't grab all of them. And don't be a total dick and buy them to sell for secondary market. Thank you. Thank you for that. That's a great plug. Now, I will say, if your favorite... If your favorite whiskey is Buffalo Trace and you go to the store and they're talking Buffalo Trace and you got 10 cases and you're like, this is my favorite thing in the world. And I want to drink this every night. Buy a case. Sure. I've done the same thing with Weller. I bought a case of Weller. I spent $250 on a case of Weller. And do I still drink it? Yes. Do I drink it every guy. night? No, but I drink it for myself. It's my, yeah. it's my, I'm not that guy because I'm not reselling it. It's not your fault. It's never my fault. It's not your fault. So I tell my wife all the time. It's not my fault. It's not your fault. I was doing a, a Goodwill hunting reference while I had the chance. Um, no, you're <laughs> fine points, dude. All right. So our next baseball no-no. When they say if you hit a home run, just put the bat down and run to first base and make your, you know, run your bases. And we say, fuck that. Watch that shit. Go, baby. Fuck Watch that, that shit. You've worked your ass off. You hit those homers and you just watch those dingers, baby. You give that COVID to everybody. God dang, <laughs> let it go. <laughs> Gotta bring us back from back into reality. So that I'll lead us into this one. This is a whiskey, yes. You'll see the people that you post your bottle and they have to chime in, they have to correct you, they have to, well, why are you posting that one? That's nothing special. You show any damn bottle you want. You send the pictures. You post it. You bought it. It's whiskey. That's the point. Yeah, show it off. Sure. For sure. That's your hard money at work right there. You show us what you found. Hell yeah. Because you know what? At the end of the day, somebody hasn't had it. And they're going to say, what the hell? I'll go give it a try. Yeah. What is that? Is it good? Now, I will also a, say this. Go ahead. There is a fine line. If you were the asshole that was able to to have a buddy at a liquor store and get your hands on Ford George T stags. Don't rub it in our damn faces. Yeah. But show off. I hate show that a little bit. <laughs> I, well, on the flip side, I'll go a little bit farther. Don't be that guy. Be like, Oh, I have the hookup with the distributor and I got fucking, you know, a case of uh, George T sag or a case of, you know, Eagle 17. Don't be that fucking guy. Like spread the love, dude. Like I'm going to roast you. I'm going to roast you on the pages. If you do that shit. Another do. When you kill a bottle, you fucking show us. I want to see it. I see yes, it. I agree. Flip it, flip it upside down, do a balancing act. Fucking show us. All right. And our last do or don't with baseball. You don't swing on a 3-0 pitch. You don't do it. Is it going to be a strike on the next one? Probably. Don't do it. So then that leads to our biggest rule of all and probably what we base our whole show off of, and I'm sure there's others. Don't be a dick. Don't, Don't be, be a me. dick. Okay? We're not here to tell you, oh, that whiskey sucks. I mean, yeah, we are here to do that, but at the end of the day, drink it. Finish it. Go to the next one. Don't be a whiskey snob is what we're saying. Well, I totally agree with you on that. Um, we We try not to judge. I think there's a little judgment in everybody, but you have to temper yourself. If you want to drink your your whiskey on the rocks, drink your whiskey on the rocks. You want to throw a little water in there? Drink, throw a little water in there. You want to you know, spice it up and throw you know, a couple drops of water in there? That's fine. Do your thing. Don't put good whiskey on Coke. 
And then Schnob. Fucking Schnob. If you put Pappy on Coke, I'm gonna lose my shit. Yeah, we're gonna fight. Never mind. That's, that's <laughs> that. Now we you know, and the sad part is you tell people you drink whiskey, you tell people you kinda have a knowledge and they feel, you know, you know, they feel like, Well, I drink this yeah. and coke, this and that. That's okay. That's but, fine. But on the flip side, like, don't make people feel stupid because they don't know the entire bottle's history, the distillery's origin story. Don't be a dick, you know? If somebody calls their bottle like, oh, man, I found this hard find, and then you're the dickhead who goes, no, it's not hard. I get that all the time where I'm at. Who gives a shit? Let the person be freaking excited. Let them call it a unicorn. Let them do whatever the hell they want with it. Yeah, I completely, don't be a snob. Completely agree with you. Because we talked about like geographical location, right? What's a unicorn to me is not a unicorn to you, right? right? You can find it in your area because maybe people aren't hunting. Maybe the obsession hasn't reached that, you know, hemisphere of the world. That doesn't mean it's not hard for me to find. It just means you're more luck- you're luckier than I, right? Yes. So and I and yeah, and I'm not going to be the participation trophy guy, but if you're easing your buddies into whiskey tasting, you know, yep. don't hit them with like. Oh, I'm getting scents of black licorice on a mid fifty winter's day. You know, work them in. Give them your basic recommendations. Don't try to over impress them. Get them started the right way. Give them a moderate suggestion. Hell, go Buffalo Trace. Get a wild turkey. Do it. There you go. I I think that that's another great point. And I'll I'll shut up after this. Is when your friend when you're trying to bring your friend into this environment to this culture because i think it really is a culture and it defines a piece of you maybe not all of you but a piece of you and we went back to just don't be a dick not everybody's going to be able to drink whiskey straight like neat right that's how we drink it we drink out of Glencairn. and we like bask in the ambience that is the nose of that whiskey but some people are going to need to drink it out of a scotch glass or rocks glass right because it's not as in your face some people are going to need to put a few cubes of ice on that's okay the big thing is we're gaining another brother or sister into this this culture, this environment that we call like urban loving. And let's do that together. Let's not be a bunch of dicks about it. All right. So, Kurt, we went uh, all four drams and we're touching the tip of that goal line here. I asked you to start smoke wagon, man. What are you tasting? You've been drinking quite a bit of it. Let's see if we can get it straight. What you yes, got, man? I, I can definitely give you a better... It's good. It is very good. It did it did exactly what you said it would. Gave it a week. It grew on me. Man, I got coffee smacks since I've actually got like a cola on the taste. Alita cola. No, just a Man, I got like a coffee cola. It's very good. I understand why you said it's different. Uh and then I think you even said it had kind of the scotch essence. Yeah. I get that a little bit. It's a grass funkiness, and I don't mean funkiness in a bad way. It's just this grassy, um, peaty, maybe. And I, that may be why they call it smoke wagon. I have no idea. I'm just making shit up, but maybe. But I guarantee you, when you come visit, this is going to be one of the ones we drink together. This and that iron root. I still haven't cracked it open. I'm excited about that one. All right. Well, we've gotten to that point where we're get, we're over the fourth dram. We're in the end zone, ready to wrap it up. Uh, and then in a couple of weeks, we're actually going to do a show where we're in person together that should be fun we've got our mixologist dick over here who's been putting some fancy schmancy things together what are we doing a 1915 tasting we got a 1915 we got a poor man's four grain we got a russ breed which is a mix of russell's reserve 10 and rare breed and i forgot about this been sitting in the back for about a month and a half now we got poor man's pappy 
Ooh, that's going to be fun. Um, yes, so we'll do plenty of tasting and probably a lot more whiskey than uh, sports at that episode because we're literally going to be in person and we're just going to start getting chasty. We have upgraded a little bit. We have an Instagram to go along with our email. Get a hold of us. Check it out. Fourth Dram and Goal, the number four. T-H-D-R-A-M-A-N-D-G-O-A-L at gmail.com is the email. I'm getting good at that. Instagram is the name of the podcast. So check it out. See how you like us. Uh, we're enjoying this. We want to keep it going, and we can't wait to get that uh, audience a lot bigger. For my quote of the show, I can't think of anything better than anything is possible. And that is not from the great Kevin Garnett. That is from Chris Nikich, who is the first person with Down syndrome to complete the Ironman. Way to go, Chris. And we cannot wait to join you guys again. Until then, to the next snap and to the next pour. Drink on, my friends.